Hello and welcome to episode 33 of Finding My Voice. Now, uh, last week I started reading the, the story of Aurelia, Guardian of Friendship. And I will continue to do that. We've kept playing and I have now written three parts, uh, one procession of the game. I still have three parts of the backstory read too. So um, I do have a fair bit to get through. I did promise I would read it in character on the podcast, and I will, just not twice in a row. It's not going to be story hour, even though that would be fun. I might make a separate podcast with just the story stuff. But for now, I have two things I want to talk. One of my transition-related things, as usual, and then another role-play-related thing. I forgot what that was. I hope I remembered by the time I spoke about the first thing. Here we go. Yes. So, a couple days ago... I had my first session with um, with laser hair removal in my face. Yes, I had to pay for it myself because I'm still not diagnosed because this is Sweden and uh, Sweden will never ever try to fix their horrible situation for trans people because, well, that's the situation. Anyway, uh, not to be bitter about it, I um, went to consultation and was worried that I will have to go straight to electrolysis. Uh, I realize I'm going to have to tell you a little bit more what it is. Laser is the process of burning off hair semi-permanently. You'll have to come back every now and then. The first time you have to do it like four to six times with eight weeks in between. And then you have to come back every now and then throughout your life. But then you won't have to shave your face every morning, which is one of the... Like it, I really cannot stress enough how much it sucks for a trans woman to start the day with dealing with physical dysphoria. You have to shave, you know? And then at the end of the day, it's messed up again. You have to have, I have to have makeup just to, cover, just to cover up what happens during the day. And that's absolutely terrible. But after laser, um, laser hair removal, I'm going to remove a huge damper on the quality of my life. That's pretty darn big. Anyway, um, I went there for a consultation and I was worried that, that they wouldn't be able to use laser on me. Laser burns... Um, hair sacks of hair that's dark, pigmented hair. So bright hair wouldn't doesn't work well with laser. Then you have to move straight to electrolysis, which is the process of sticking a needle into the hair sack and burning it out with electricity. It takes a lot longer, hurts a lot more, and costs a lot more. It's more permanent, though. But yes, um, it also means you'd have, to, I'd have I would have to let it grow out for a few days before. Those days would also suck so bad. So no thank you. Um, but uh, when I was at the consultation, they said my hair would be fine for laser. Because, well, I, I thought I would go to, have to go straight to electrolysis because my hair is like like blonde with some ginger in it. And I've heard that that doesn't work well for laser. However, they said, no, it's white and gray that won't work. This will be fine. <laughs> so sure, I'll let them do it. And um, they tried two spots just to make sure... My skin wouldn't react, and I came back one week later, and boom, did my whole face. It did hurt. It did hurt quite a bit. Uh, I lay down, I had to wear these glasses to protect my eyes, and they did this thing when they did, they put like um, ultrasound gel on my face, and then they had this little thing going tick, 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 systematically all over my face, and it did, it felt like a prick of a needle. Wasn't too bad on, on the sides of my face, on my, on my neck. But once I got to where the strands are thicker, like the lips and, and the chin, that really hurt. That made my ears tear up pretty good. 
But I, you know, you suck it up because afterwards you know it's going to be great. And and I felt so good about it. And and, uh, and the person doing it, she was so wonderful. I also found out that that place takes blood samples, they take blood tests for private, um, uh, for private um, healthcare. So I could actually go there to get my next hormone test done as well. Which is like, I'm finding out all sorts of cool stuff. And yes, I did the thing. It, it, I booked 45 minutes. It just took 20. I was worried I was going to go through that pain for 45 minutes. But yeah, it was only around the lips and on my chin that hurt really bad. The rest was was doable. And afterwards, she said, um, it's going to take about three weeks before all the hair has you know fallen out. Uh and I, I accept that. It's not going to be perfect straight away. And I will have to stay out of the sun for two weeks or put on some heavy-duty sunblock, which I, I bought some from her, like some sunblock, which, which was also makeup foundation, which, I mean, it's perfect. <laughs> two flies with one stone. Great. Um, and I did feel, even though she said I wouldn't see results at first, it would take a couple of weeks, but even the next morning... My face was pretty smooth. I didn't have to start the day shaving. And that was such a big deal. You wouldn't even believe. I mean, I am going to have to for a couple of more weeks because now it's kind of kind of growing out again over time slower. But like she said, it's going to take a couple of weeks before it really takes hold. And in eight weeks, I'm going to go there again and keep doing this for a while. But I'm really happy about this, guys. This is a big step. And just hair removal might not seem so big, but it is. And it's just the face, by the way. Uh, I have, like, some fluffy arms, but they're not more... I've seen a lot of cis women with more hairy arms than me and his blonde hair, so it's not too bad. Um, and the hair on my chest and on my back, which I used to have, all fell off when I started hormones. That was that was incredible. That was just magical. And I do understand why maybe wait with a hair removal on the body until you've actually done hormones, because maybe that would you don't have to pay for hair for laser if you're gonna get finasteride and stuff or even an orky. Um But yes, that's the good news about my the recent good news about my transition, the hair on my face is goon gonzo. Yes. Alright, so yes, I remember the the um the roleplay related thing. Uh the, the story I read to you last week is from uh, our campaign, Tyranny of Dragons, and as I said back then. And I wanted to talk some, a, a little bit about one thing I've done there. Uh, I've kept writing every session the way I wrote the backstory, which is like, like a work of fiction, like a novel. And I noticed after having written the third session which means I now have six chapters, three for the backstory, three for the game. I am now at a little over 15,000 words. And the average novel is at 90,000 words, which means I have a sixth of a novel already. And we've barely just begun. I used to be, I used to dread the idea of writing. It's just too much. I'll never be able to get through a whole story. But this experience has really made me feel like, hey, I can do this. I mean, I'll never be able to publish Tyranny of Dragons, of course, as too many people owning stuff in it, but I can write. That's great. It's a little bit more work than just doing notes, but 
I used to I used to be terrible at doing roleplay notes, which sounds like a contradiction with me because I I am so serious about my characters' memories and feelings, but I tend to store most of them in my head and take note like quick bullet points for notes, and then I'll I'll put them in Notepad on my computer and save them as notes for dragons, and then save that in documents. The next one I'll save in pictures. The next one I'll save in Google documents. And the next one I'll save on my phone. And then when it's time to play again for like the session seven, it's like, oh, hang on, where did I put that note? Oh, no. And everything's a mess. The terribly, terribly written vague notes all over the place. But with Tyranny of Dragons, because I write a story, not only do I have the notes very beautifully written, the process of writing them really cemented them in my mind, so I don't really need the notes either. So that's, not only can I show the story to others in a way that's fun to read, I have the story for myself as notes. Writing it made me connect more with the character. It's made it's made the game more immersive for me. And in 10 years time, I can go back and read this adventure again as if I'm reading a book. So many great things about taking notes this way. I am going totally going to start doing this. And I'm doing it with two campaigns right now. One, I've just played two, two, one session of. Um, I haven't checked with the others how much I can talk about that. And I don't know much because the Game Master knows about what's going to happen. But I can at least I can say I am playing a teenage tabaxi girl, uh, wild mage sorcerer, cocky and sassy um, on the run with her guardian, kind of like a lone wolf and cub situation, but I'm 14, not quite a baby, obviously. But that's, that's a wonderful, wonderful story that I will look forward to talking about on a later date. Remind me to talk about Caxi, or as her full name is, is um, Rasha Caxia. And, well, her guardian couldn't say it because it's got the cat sound because she's the backsy. Rasha Caxia. And he just calls her Caxi. <laughs> we thought that was cute. Anyway, that's a short episode for today. Uh, I thought uh, I needed a break because it's been a big week. Uh, and uh, check back next week. I will read some more episodes from Tyranny of Dragons. So check back for more Aurelia, Guardian of Friendship. I love you. Goodbye.